The Sound Kitchen. Mmm, yummy. It's The Sound Kitchen. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Uh, you're listening to The Sound Kitchen. Mm, yummy. And Susan Owensby is cooking. It's Halloween. It's time for you to be scared. Put a spell on you. Because you're mine. Stop the things you do. Welcome to the Sound Kitchen, where, as I say every week, you never know what you'll be served, and I suppose today is definitely in the what category. I'm Susan Owensby with Paul Myers by my side and Erwan Rome trying to control us from behind the glass window in the control room. It's Saturday, the 28th of October, just a few days away from the witchily, ghoulishly, totally fun holiday, Halloween which is on the 31st. Halloween, it's a Celtic tradition. Here's a shout-out to our old Sound Kitchen co-host, Sweet Fitz, the Irishman Michael Fitzpatrick, with many thanks to your ancestors, Michael. Halloween is probably a Christianized iteration of an ancient Celtic festival, particularly the Gaelic festival Samhain. 
Samhain was a pagan festival marking the end of the harvest season. The thinking goes that the early church rebranded it as the beginning of the period All Hallowtide, which in the Christian liturgical calendar honors the dead, including saints, martyrs, and all the faithful departed. It was brought to North America in the 19th century by Irish and Scottish immigrants, and boy, is it fun. Kids wear costumes, go to a carnival at school filled with games, and then go house to house shouting, trick or treat, and are rewarded with loads of candy. It's a dentist's dream come true. It was pretty much unknown in France when I moved here about 30 years ago, but the kids have figured it out. It's fun, and fun is good. I leave a note on the entrance to my apartment building that the American witch is expecting children at her haunted house, and it's a hit. Just last week, a father in my building said his young son has been asking him every day if that lady is going to do Halloween again. Weeks ago, I'd already bought way too much candy. I have a pumpkin outside my door. I dress up as a witch, and when the doorbell rings, I play some creepy sounds, creaking doors, people screaming like that. And then I pull the door open really quickly and shout, boo! They scream every time. I love it. So much for acting my age. I think I may even have more fun than the kids do. Boo! Happy Halloween! Are you ready? I do hope so. And so do I, because it's... Time for the quiz. On the 30th of September, I asked you a question about an article written by our Sound Kitchen cohort, Paul Myers. At the time, he was traveling around France covering the World Cup rugby matches. And after Australia's loss to Wales, he sent us the article... Anscombe's the man as clinical whales crush Australia's hopes at the World Cup. You were to send in the answer to this question. How could Australia be out of the finals? Baby brother, want to quote yourself? Yes. Should Fiji beat Georgia with a bonus point on Saturday? That was the uh, 30th of September. Australia will be out before they take to the field on Sunday afternoon against Portugal in Saint-Étienne. It would be the first time in the 36-year history of the competition that Australia has failed to progress to the knockout stages. Uh, Australia eventually went out. Uh, Fiji beat Georgia 17 points to 12. In addition to the quiz question, there was the bonus question. How can we learn to be humble in life? And that was suggested by Jayanta Chakrabarti from New Delhi in India. You'll hear the answers later in the Listener's Corner, so please do stay with us. The winners of this week's quiz are... Salahin An Nahyan, who's a member of the Shetu RFI Listener's Club in Nalgaon, Bangladesh. Salahan is also the winner of this week's bonus question. He wrote, modest means calm, humble, gentle. Its opposite is arrogant, boastful, fierce, etc. One can be modest only if one can have the mindset of hospitality and service to all people, to see all people as relatives in the human family, to be treated with respect and devotion. How can we learn to be humble in life? 
The answer to this is to follow religious rules. Jesus Christ said if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to him the other cheek. A unique lesson in humility is taught in those words. The prophet of Islam said, forgive your brother, for you are brothers to each other. Buddha said nonviolence is the supreme religion, so if people of every religion and caste remember their religious precepts, then all of us will show humility, and the world will become a paradise of peace. Everyone in the world today should be inspired by the teaching of humility. Congratulations, Salahin. Also on the list of lucky winners this week are RFI Listeners Club members, Abdul Manan Teacher from Siraj Ganj, Bangladesh, and after a long pause, Timothy Ofori from Kumasi, Ghana. Welcome back to the kitchen, Timothy. Last but not least, there are RFI English listeners, Sultana Begum from Siraj Ganj, Bangladesh, and Dabashis Gope from West Bengal, India. Congratulations to this week's winners, and thanks to each and every one of you who wrote in. The official vote count is in, according to the Liberian National Elections Commission. The incumbent, George Weah, won 43.8% of the vote. His challenger, Joseph Bokai, pulled in 43.4%. The two faced off in the 2017 elections, too. To win the presidency in Liberia, candidate must win more than 50% of the votes. So a second round is in the future, most likely in the next two weeks. But you know all about it, don't you? Because you keep yourself informed by reading the RFI English website, right? And you assuredly read RFI English journalist Melissa Shabam's article earlier this week, Liberia's election set for runoff in tightest race since end of civil war, right? I want you to reread Melissa's article, just in case you didn't memorize it, and answer me this. With whom has opposition candidate Joseph Bokai formed an alliance? Again, reread Melissa Shamam's article, Liberia's election set for runoff in tightest race since end of civil war, and send in the answer to this question. Liberian presidential candidate Joseph Bokai has formed an alliance with an influential figure in the key county of Nimba. Who is this key figure? What is his name? You'll find Melissa's article on the Sound Kitchen page on our website, rfienglish.com, as well as on the Sound Kitchen and Club's Facebook pages. Baby brother, what's this week's bonus question? Well, let's stay with the... <laughs> Halloween theme. Susan's pen pal, the ancient dinosaur Alan Holder from the Isle of Wight... She says to tell you, Alan, she means that in the nicest possible way. Well, he sent in this suggestion. What frightens you the most? What steps have you taken, if any, to conquer this fear? Remember, we're happy to hear your ideas for bonus questions, so please send them in. So, baby brother, how's about you? Mm, can be relatively serious here. Not appreciating my good fortune. That always kind of worries me. Well, you, you are a wise man. 
I'll, you. I'll, okay, so uh, so <laughs> I'll, you'll stay serious. <laughs> I'll I'll be serious too. Believe it or not, it, it going deaf. Ah. I have some vocal troubles. Uh, for those of you who have been listening to me over the years, you've heard that I no longer have my lovely voice of old. When my cords were damaged, I had to go on total vocal silence for a few weeks. And although that's not being deaf, I think I got a pretty good feeling about what it would be like. And I have one word for that, isolating. You feel so isolated. For someone like me who loves being with people, that's pretty scary. <laughs> I mean, oh. uh, now, I haven't yet done anything about losing my hearing, which happens naturally to most of us with age, but I have vowed to learn to lip-read when the time comes. That way, as long as people turn their heads towards me, of course, I can still be a lively part of gatherings. You should do this before it happens, and you can get an extra edge in because there's a good episode about uh, from one of my favourite comedies which is uh, called Seinfeld and he goes out with a lip reader and um, they're at restaurants and uh, he says What's, what are they saying on the other table and things like this so you can get a really good insight into what's going on around you I, I have a girlfriend who is almost deaf same thing she reads lips so I mean, she is so much fun at cocktail parties because she can see across the room what, there you go. <laughs> what gossipy things people are saying. So, how about you? You have until the 27th of November to get your answers to the quiz and the bonus question in. Be sure to tune in on the 2nd of December to hear if your answer wins a prize. As always, be sure you include your postal address with your postal code. And don't forget to let me know if you are a miss, a ms, a missus, or a mister. I don't want to get it wrong. Send your quiz answers to english.service at rfi.fr. That's english.service at rfi.fr. You can also text your answer to the Sound Kitchen mobile phone. Dial plus 336-3112-9682. That's plus 336-3112-9682. Always include your postal mailing address and if you have one, your RFI Club membership number. Listening to the Sound Kitchen on Radio France International. And now more from and about you. It's time for the listener's corner. Take it away, my dear baby brother. The question you answered for this week is How can we learn to be humble in life? It was suggested by Jayanta Chakrabarti from New Delhi in India. So let's start with his answer. When I visit a beach, I am fascinated by the vast expanse of the sea. I feel so insignificant at God's mighty creation. At that time, all my ego, greed and love for material possessions are lost. It is then that I learn to be a more humble and down-to-earth person. I always feel that way too, Gianta, when I'm in nature. Timothy Ofori wrote, I like to think about everyone who's come before me. 
The world will live on after I'm gone too. Thoughts like this keep me humble. Father Stephen Wara wrote, We can learn to be humble by the ability to accept correction and change our lifestyle for the better, from wrong to right conduct, or again, by the constant effort to refrain from retaliation, that is, not paying back injury for injury. For Nasir Muhammad, his aid to being humble is to be careful about his appearance. He wrote, One of the ways I employ is to wear less expensive clothes, not too cheap, though. Why? Because I understand wearing expensive clothes makes people walk with not only pride, but it makes people in our society feel too big to associate with the common man. Rather, Krishna Pillai wrote, I always remind myself that success can be temporary. I also listen to people and do not forget who I was earlier. For Kashif Khalil, tolerance is key. He wrote, I must learn how to tolerate, listen to and to accept others and to not be envious. And Abashis Gope wrote, The way to humility is to respond calmly and politely to each other, to love the young and to respect the elders. Respect the elders. Did you hear that, baby brother? Remember, I'm 20 days older than you are. Respect, respect. I was thinking of a song from the 1980s, which was a rendition of Respect. Respect me. Respect. I respect you. Remember, everyone, this week's bonus question is, what frightens you the most? What steps have you taken, if any, to conquer this fear? It was suggested by RFI Listeners Club member Alan Holder from the Isle of Wight, and that's in Great Britain. Do you have a bonus question idea? If so, send it to us at the Sound Kitchen, all one word, no spaces, at RFI. That's it for today's Listener's Corner. Thanks, everyone, for participating, and a special thanks to Paul Myers for hanging out in the kitchen with us. Always a pleasure. So, what's next in the rugby world, Paul? Saturday night's all right for fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Elton John comes getting old. Rugby World Cup final, New Zealand against South Africa at the Stade de France. It's the big one. And whoever wins will have a record fourth Rugby World Cup. This your girl, Bella to be. Stay live, stay fly, stay loving. Asheo. Okay, my friends, it's time to clear the table and wash the dishes. Thanks for joining me in the Sound Kitchen. And keep those cards, letters, emails, and text messages coming. Many, many thanks to Erwan Rome for his input and his mixing mastery. And thanks to you for listening. Be sure and tune in next week for the answer to the question about the French linguist Jean-Francois Champollion. The Sound Kitchen podcast is ready for you every Saturday on the RFI English website, rfienglish.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Susan Owensby. Be well, do good work, be kind and stay in touch and stay safe, my friends. 
I'll play you out with music from Erwan, our sound engineer, who's also a musician. Today, Erwan wants you to get up and dance. And what better way to do that than with Cuban music? I can never sit still. Can you? Erwan chose a young Cuban pianist for you, Roberto Fonseca. Born in 1979 into a musical family, his mother, father, and both his brothers are musicians. Fonseca started out playing drums, but switched to piano when he was eight years old. When he was only 15, Fonseca played at Havana's prestigious Jazz Plaza Festival. And his first album, out in 1999, won Cuba's Best Jazz Album Prize. Not a bad beginning. Remember the Buena Vista Social Club, the rediscovery of some of Cuba's most prestigious jazz musicians from before the revolution? They were a worldwide hit and toured worldwide as well. And guess who the pianist was? Yep, Roberto Fonseca. He was only 26. Erwan chose Baila Mulata. Uh, Mulata is a mixed-race girl, and Baila means dance. This is from Fonseca's last album, Yesen. Lucky Susan, I get to hear him in Paris next month. Oh, boy. I doubt many of us will be able to stay in our seats in the concert hall, and I doubt many of you will be able to stay in your seats either when you listen to this great music. So roll back the rugs and dance like no one can see you. Let go. It's good for the soul. Thanks again, Erwan, for another musical adventure. Talk to you all next week.